welcome to Start Canada Podcast, where we interview startup founders, innovators, and thought leaders from the heart of Canada who are challenging the status quo, scaling their business, and bringing new ideas to life. Tune in with me, your host, Margot Miller, to hear firsthand exactly how they did it. Start Canada Podcast is powered by the Manitoba Technology Accelerator and Tech Manitoba and sponsored by Scotiabank. In this episode coming up, we speak with David Dang, a Canadian social media and digital marketing specialist who focuses on Instagram content, growth, and reach. His personal Instagram account has over 46,000 followers, and more notably, his business page, Entrepreneurship Facts, has over 2.2 million followers. And all this growth happened within only a few years, having started while still in university. David works primarily with coaches and entrepreneurs and has worked with big name clients from Tony Robbins to Russell Brunson and Damon John and more. And lucky for us all, he's here today to share with us exactly how he got here. In this episode, we're going to cover how to use social to kickstart a business or test a new idea, how to build an audience on Instagram, and how to stay motivated and on track. So if you're ready to take your social media to the next level, be sure to catch this episode of Start Canada Podcast with David Dang. David. Hello, my pleasure to be here. How are you? So good, thank you. Thanks for coming here and giving us all your secret social media (laughs) tips that we're going to get into. But to get us started, tell us a bit about your origin story. Like, did you always want to become an expert on social? Was it secretly your passion forever? How did you get going? Yeah, uh, my journey as, I guess, a social media strategist started when I probably, my last year of university, um, I was attending University of Manitoba studying marketing and entrepreneurship. And my goal back then was just to be my own boss, to start my own business. And yeah, the reason why I took marketing and entrepreneurship is because first, I know I want to start my own business. And in order to start my own business, I need to be able to market it like get sales for the business. So marketing just makes perfect sense to go along with entrepreneurship. So that was my major in university. But one year before I graduate, I I thought to myself that, okay, I'm going to graduate next year. And I know for sure that I don't want to get a job. Like I had various different jobs while, while I was in school, like corporate jobs and all kinds of retail jobs, different types of jobs. And I knew, okay, I don't want a job. I want to be my own boss. You didn't want a nine to five. Nope. So that's what I know for sure. And But the thing is that I'm graduating in one year, but I don't know what kind of business I'm going to start yet. So if I don't have a business when I graduate, I have to get a job, which is something I don't want to do. So I told myself, okay, I need to figure out something now because I have a year left. If I don't figure out something within this year, I will have to get a job by the time I graduate. So just like most kids nowadays, I, that was 2016, somewhere, that was 2016, one year before I graduated, I graduated in 2017. So I went on Google, I searched how to start a business on the internet. Like that's what pretty much all kids do nowadays, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I stumbled upon a podcast and I listened to the podcast. The guy was saying he started his business from zero to six figures, like, completely off as a platform called Instagram. So back then I didn't even use Instagram. Like I heard about it. I know about it. 
I thought it was just a platform for girls to post photos of their cat, dogs, selfies. Like, yeah, selfies. Yeah. That's what I thought. I never used it like ever. But then after I listened to the podcast, I'm like, oh, this thing sounds cool, interesting. So I created an account right after I finished the podcast on that day. I go on Instagram, create an account for the first time. And then, yeah, from there on, I just spend time thinking, okay, what is this platform all about? Instagram, and I start learning about it, Google, and how to grow on Instagram. How can you build an audience? How do you, how can you start a business from it? It's pretty much just, it's kind of roll off from there. So, yeah, I start to share contents about business, entrepreneurship, like inspirational quotes, pretty much just share the stuff that I'm interested in or passionate about just for myself first, like just for fun. And yeah, just start sharing content, fast forward. Like it took me from that point until a year later, I went from zero to 10,000 followers. Took me a year to went from zero to ten thousand, but then another year ish, another year and a half to went from ten thousand to a hundred thousand followers, and then just another year after that, from a hundred, I went to one million. So I mean, yeah, so pretty much three ish years, I went from zero to a million, and then yeah, I hit two million followers. Yeah, now late, today, yeah. The zero to one million is got to feel like a pretty exciting milestone. It's interesting how you described it, how it's kind of like that first bit took the longest to get to 10,000, but then it sounds like it kind of goes like exponentially from there. Everyone talks about how algorithms on Instagram change and it's harder now to get famous than it was before or like get that traction of number of followers. Would you say that's true or is it just like once you hit a certain threshold, it's exponential because of the nature of having that many followers yes, in the first place? That's that's kind of true. Kind of like a snowball effect. Think about this. When you post something and you add zero followers, nobody's going to see it, right? And nobody's going to share with their friends. Then, of course, it's going to take much more effort to get the traction going. So, But then when you have, let's say, a thousand followers, now you have a thousand people who see your content and if they like it, they're going to share it to their friends. So if, let's say, if just, 10% of them share to their friends. So out of a thousand people, you get a hundred people who share to their friends and it's the snowball from there. If you have 10,000, you have well, 10x the number of people who share your content. And when you have a hundred thousand, you have another 10x of yeah. number of people who share your content. So it's just snowball and rolling from there. So of course, the beginning is always the hardest. Once you get through that threshold, when you have at least a small base of audience who like your content, mm-hmm. it was just start rolling from there. So at the beginning for you, when you were working toward that, um, were you, did you first get traction like in a local market? Were you looking at getting social media followers, like people that knew you or were you right away just kind of creating something where you couldn't tell where you were and it was just like trying to make it look like broad strokes? Honestly, when I first started, I had no strategy. Okay. Yeah. This is me playing around with it. Like I, I didn't even think I would turn it. Well, I know that when I started, if I can build an audience, mm-hmm. I will have a business down the road. But I had no clue what it would look like. like right. I said, no, okay, in the future, if, I, if I'm if i able to get a bunch of people who follow me and like my content, I'm probably going to do something with it. That's That was my entire, like, my only strategy back then because I had no clue what I was doing. So, yeah, I just start, pretty much start, start sharing content that I'm interesting, that I like, that I enjoy, something that I'm passionate about. And really, there's no strategies, there's there's, yeah, there's no strategy behind it. I just was a kid who was in school and just playing around with social media for fun. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there was no strategy. And it's just all about putting content that people want to see. And then from there, because I guess the two approach you can do, 
one approach is to start sharing what you love, what you enjoy. Then you attract the people who share the same passion, the same interest as you. Or the second approach, you would need to more, be more strategic about, okay, you identify who are you trying to attract and then you would put out content that attract them. Both works. Just for me, as is, it happened to be the first approach is more of, um, yeah, it's happened a lot more by chance than strategies. Yeah. yeah. So how did your first client happen? Because at this point you're thinking like, I'll start some kind of business, but it could have been something other than mm-hmm. giving social media support at that point, right? Like you were using social media as a vehicle, but it wasn't necessarily the end game. So then all, now you're at, you have this business where you're supporting people with digital marketing and social mm-hmm. media marketing, and you have this page that has over 2 million followers. But when you first were getting started, how did you flip that to actually get paid to do this at some point? Mm-hmm. So when I get like from zero to 10,000 followers, I didn't make any money. It was just me sharing stuff for fun, sharing the stuff that I enjoy. So like how people would normally use their Instagrams is to share that, well, share whatever they want to their friends. Like, now the difference is that I'm just sharing to a bunch of strangers who like what I'm putting out. And yeah, I didn't make any money. I didn't think of any strategy. And from the, I was just doing some, like some other online marketing business to kind of figure out way to sustain myself after school so that I don't need to get a job. So I was doing other business like e-commerce and online marketing, different type of stuff. But then from 10,000, I grew, that's in the second year, from 10,000, when I grew to 100,000, I I thought to myself, I'm kind of good at this. I think I I know a thing or two about social media, content marketing, and what's my experience doing other online marketing stuff. I'm like, I think I know a thing or two about this. Why don't I just try to turn this into a business and then we'll see where it goes from there. And also at the same time, because I, I started to have a bigger audience, people start to reach out to me to ask for advice. Like, hey, how can, how, how did you do this? How did you grow your audience? Mm-hmm. I also have my business. Can you help me with this? And yeah, people just start DM me randomly on Instagram. Then I just start providing my service from consulting to like run the campaign for them. So it pretty much is like, go, yeah. yeah, as it happened like that. Like, did you have trouble figuring out what to charge at first? Like when your friends are going, hey, I have this business. Can you just give me the tips you just did? So you're doing it for free for a while. And then once you start charging... Did you Google that too? Yeah, like I sort of go on Google a little bit to see how much people charge for like marketing consulting. But honestly, the first couple of clients, I just throw a random number, see if they say yes. If they say yes, cool. And then I just next time, I just raise the price a little bit to see if they accept. If if, if they say yes again, then okay, next time I raise it a little yeah. bit. But if they say no, okay, maybe I just go back to the previous price. So yeah, I just play around with the number and eventually fi- figure it out myself out to see what would be the best way to approach it. So yeah, pretty much go with the flow. Mm-hmm. Like that's how mm-hmm. I like to to do things. I feel like that's a good energy to have, but at the mm-hmm. same time, like some people might think like, are you, how do you make sure that you get a certain amount of revenue a year with a very like, you know, easygoing energy? How does your, how has your personality played into things? Like, has it been helpful for you? Do you think? Yeah. Well, actually the, well, when you say about talk about like a lot of people when they start business they have to sustain themselves like hey i have my mm-hmm. mortgage to pay and i have my bills to pay it's a very different dynamic than me because i start my business because i already have i already do all the things that can sustain myself and then this is more like a side hustle like a passion project that i do for fun because I enjoy doing it as mm-hmm. a follow hey this looks fun this social media thing looks kind of fun i i'm I enjoy learning about it. I'm kind of passionate about it. So I just spend time and just do it for fun. It wasn't my goal to make a lot of money at first. It's just, I'm having fun doing this. 
let me figure it out. So I guess to answer your question, like it's just a different, a different mindset walking into this. And yeah, if you walk into this with the goal of money, 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 because you have bills to pay, it will, you have a hard time. Uh, yeah, it's, it, mm. it will be very different dynamic and it will be harder to get through the initial stage when you don't get a lot of traction. Yeah. And that's when I think a lot of people give up when they first start a business. And yeah, if you start something because you truly enjoy and have fun because, hey, I am having fun doing this. I don't care if I make money because I just have fun. And then it's easier for you to get through the hard part. And then when the snowball starts to roll, it just get easier. Yeah. 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 It's that idea of like having, if you can, having it like as a side hustle first and then being able to turn it into a business mm-hmm. once you have that traction going a little bit more. Yeah. Um, as far as your plans at this point, you have, you know, some clients all over the world now, certainly a lot across North America. Did you have to plan to scale at some point or that too just felt really organic? Like how do you start getting big name clients in other countries like you've been able to do? Yeah, uh, it happened very spontaneously. Like I said, um, and I, I know I use this word a lot, but I was totally just going with the flow. Whatever come my way is this, whichever make the most sense to me to do, I, I do it. Yeah. So the first big client I have, I think, I guess the biggest one would be Tony Robbins. That's the name probably a lot, anyone in business is familiar with. Yeah. Yeah. Like at first he, he was two, three, 2019. Yeah. In 2019, I had already built a, a decent amount of followers on Instagram. So, and then at that time I was in a coaching program, a coaching program with uh, Russell Brunson to learn more about business marketing. And he also was working on a special project with Tony Robbins. And because I was in the coaching program, like I, I heard about a, the opportunity. Hey, Tony Robbins needs some people to help promote with his new project that he's doing. And I said, Hey, cool. Interesting. I have an audience. I think I can help him promote it. And then, yeah, I just go from there. And then I, uh, he had Tony Robbins. I mean, his event are huge. Like he yeah. has in, in a live event, you, he would have easily thousands to even, yeah, probably even 10,000 people in a live event. And, yeah, from yeah, because he would fill like arenas sometimes, right? Yeah. So you're talking big numbers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, but then uh, where was I? Yeah, in 2019. Yeah, that was 2019. So I said, okay, he has, and he also has a lot of partners who do the marketing part for him. He he has an in-house marketing team, of course, and also he partner with other other partners from all over the world. If anyone who has an audience, or at least who know what to marketing, who has skill in marketing, he would partner with them, and then hand off some of the work to to i guess these partners and there in that project there was i think 1600 partners from all over the world so which are all top marketers from all over the world about 1600 people and he has a contest and at the end of the campaign i was in the top 40 partners out of 1600 marketers from all over the world so it was a pretty cool thing and the best part is that after that he invited the top 100 partners to a private party in Las Vegas to hang out and party with him. So that was really cool. I was so excited. Like, <laughs> be there. I was probably one of the youngest, if not the youngest. I think I was 25 back then. And then this old kind of 
successful entrepreneur, internet marketer. Yeah, like, I have to imagine the people like in his circle at those kind of events that he's bringing for his own, like his own friendship's sake, would be pretty neat people. Yeah, it's, it was a very interesting experience. So yeah, that, that would probably, I would say one of my, probably the biggest achievement for me so far. Yeah. Be, being able to work with him and then, yeah, to be, to be in the top 40 in one of his launch. So yeah, it was pretty good. So those kind of moments, what make you feel like, Hey, I know I'm going in the right direction. Like, like, is it, is it those kind of moments or is it actually smaller things or like, like small revenue goals? Or at what point did you know, like, this is actually where I want to stay. And I know I'm going in the right direction with my business. Um, it's probably a mix of everything. Uh, I guess for me, when I, when I know that I'm going in the right direction, it's more of intuition. Mm-hmm. it's all about when I do something because I'm, I'm a big fan of philosophy like I read random books about philosophy yeah to me if when I do something my success is based on my happiness if I do something and I enjoy doing it that's when I know I'm in the right direction yeah. but if I feel like oh I hate this I don't want to do this when I wake up I'm like oh I don't want to do this then I feel okay. Then I think there's something need to be changed. But if I wake up I'm like this looks fun, I want to do it. Then that's how I know I'm in the right direction. And then whatever that thing seems to be fun, it can change. But the I guess the KPI for me is how do I feel about doing this? Am I having fun? Do I enjoy mm-hmm. doing it? If I do, then I just keep doing it. So I think that's some general great advice for people making like any decisions in Mm. their life. Right. It's sometimes we think, well, we have to do it because of money or we have to do it. And in certain cases, certainly there's different scenarios where maybe people Mm -hmm. are a little more stuck for real. But I think a lot of times it's this energy of, you know, you're in a job you don't like, or you've started something that's maybe like, you're not sure if it's going in the right direction. Mm. And you have to just trust that intuition, right? That feeling of like, when I wake up every day, am I excited to do this? And if it's a grind, but you're still excited to do it. Yeah then keep doing it. Yeah. And you're onto something. Yeah. Of course there will be time where you're like, Oh, I don't want to do this, but sometimes you might be in a dissolution that, okay. I, you think that you hate it, but if you just do a little bit of mindset shift, you, you can turn out to actually really enjoy that. It's just a little thing that you, you, yeah. The little thing that you kind of underestimate that you have, you didn't look at it. Mm-hmm. In, in a different angle, you're like, Oh, it's actually fun. So it's not just about, Hey, I, I don't like this. I'm going to do something else. Could be just, change your mindset a little bit about whatever yeah. that is. Right. So yes. How has your mindset grown since taking this on? Like you've, you've just described to us only in like five years, you've seen this exponential growth. You're working with amazing clients. Do you think your personal mindset has changed in the last five years? Yes, a lot. I mean, actually my, my main business page entrepreneurship facts on Instagram is how I shape my mindset. Pretty much. I just share inspirational quotes business facts, random stuff about entrepreneurship, stuff that I found interesting. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, by posting that, by by consuming content and then creating content, it helps shape my mindset and it has grown a lot. And the fun fact is one, one back in when I was probably 16, 17, one of the first personal development books I read was from Tony Robbins. I think Unlimited Power or Awaken the Giant Within. It's been a long time. Mm-hmm. I read it, like I download an ebook on online so uh, i don't remember which exactly which one but it's very interesting it kind of go in circle and years later i'm able to meet him in person and work with him so yeah wow yeah. what are the chances yeah 
Would you have other obvious ways of learning like that? So, you, you know, you've had some books that you've read that have made a difference in your kind of mindset and you do find like amazing quotes and you share them on your page. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think when you're repeatedly looking at that stuff too, right, it kind of becomes a little more ingrained because you're really buying in. Um, but do you have a go-to resource or, or place that you kind of get your own personal inspiration from? Um, really... I just like the pages, the the pages that I follow on on Instagram, social media. The I guess the leaders that I follow, like Tori Robbins, Gary Vaynerchuk, a lot of business leader from reading books. It's, yeah, there, there isn't it one place. I just go on social media, whatever that interests me. I just yeah follow that, and I just read lots of books, audio audio books specifically, because like most people, I don't like reading too much, but I do pretty good with audio book. Yeah. Yeah. I like audiobooks too. You're on the go. You can just consume yeah. the information. I always say I read the book and then I'm like, should I say instead I listened to the book? Or do <laughs> yes. you just say, yeah, I, I consumed that, that book? Like you're not really sure what to say nowadays. It's a new thing still. Yeah. Uh, funny. Okay. So now at this point, um, you, you know, you've had this traction, you're, you're doing pretty well, but there are, I would say like a lot of people out there who tout being social media experts, many mm-hmm. of which I think are probably not. And they just are trying to, you know, mm-hmm. make a name for themselves. How do you deal with that competition? Like, has there been, do you ever look at it even? Do you learn from it? Like, how do you deal with it or, or use it to your advantage, maybe? With competitions? Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, I don't care too much about my competition and I, I I don't bother looking into them too, too much. Yep. I just do what I enjoy doing. And, it, and honestly, for me, I don't like finding clients. I'd rather have clients find me than I go find clients. Mm-hmm. So that's why I don't care too much about competition. Like I just do whatever I enjoy doing. I guess I focus more on the, the marketing part of it so that people can find me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I don't have too much tips yeah, regarding sure. that because I just don't pay attention. Do to, the best to... job you can so that people find you. Yeah. And honestly, what I'm doing right now, it's part of my, I guess, bigger picture strategy because my goal is not just doing a social media marketing agency forever. It's like a stepping stone for me. Like the bigger, the bigger goal, the bigger picture for me is say, let's start some sort of startup, some sort of bigger business that would impact more people, create better impact. Mm-hmm. However, in order to do that, I need to be a master at marketing because if you have the best product in the world and nobody knows about you, you don't have a business because you're not going to, get any revenues, any sales from that, right? So marketing part is just me as a graduate just a couple of years ago. So right now I'm just mastering my craft in marketing so that whenever I do have some sort of brilliant business idea that I can want, like truly passionate and work on, then I have the skill set to, okay, I mean, I know what to do on the marketing side. Then I have the idea. It's just, yeah, it's just part of my bigger plan. That's why, that's part of the reason why I don't care about competition. Cause if people, if my clients stop coming to me, you'll pivot. Yeah. I pivot. Cause mm-hmm. it's not something that I want to do forever anyway. So yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good anecdote and really interesting. I think, you know, nowadays, especially with digital marketing, we do all kind of need to know how to do it or have someone certainly doing it for us if we're not. And as entrepreneurs, usually there's really, really small teams, right? Like it is often the founder by themselves for a while, for quite a long time or a small pot of people. And so if you don't have that marketing expertise in there, you're right. You can create the most amazing thing, but if you can't get it out there. Because I guess if there's an advice to give any aspiring entrepreneur or entrepreneur who's starting out, it's like master your marketing, like master be have a marketing in-house team like don't outsource it 
because nobody can sell your product or service, sell your business as good as you do. So even though it's in-house, that you should be the marketer of your business. And the thing is that internet has democratized marketing in, in, in a sense because now you can reach anybody across the world. Like you don't need, like before the internet era, you need to pay for the TV, television, the news, media. Those can be expensive and hard mm -hmm. to get to. Even if you have your money, doesn't mean that you can get access to those channels. But with the internet, you can access anybody mm -hmm. from across the world. Yeah. So it's premium. So you, sh I think you should be the master as your marketing like like be good get good at marketing and then build whatever service or product and then yeah you can that's the first thing like be good at marketing first yeah, yeah. awesome well here we are and we're going to get more tips <laughs> from you on exactly how to do that after our speed round that we're going to get into okay. right now and then yeah we're going to get into some real social media tips like in the weeds how do we do it and so stay tuned for that right after our speed round um so david for now we'll jump right into it okay Describe yourself in a word or two. Oh, spontaneous, going with the flow. Good, that's good. Yeah. What motivates you? Um, my curiosity. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. What keeps you up at night? Mm, keep me up at night. The meaning of life. <laughs> Ooh. Um, who's been the most influential person for you? Well, there are quite a few, but if I have to pick one, okay, let's talk business-wide, definitely Gary Vaynerchuk is the biggest impact on me. Yeah, in business, specifically business-wise, Gary Vaynerchuk. Okay, sure. What is one thing in business that you're so happy you did? Mm, build a personal brand. Mm -hmm. What is most important for your mental health? Peace. Okay. Uh, what's one thing you were wrong about? Mm -hmm. Something I were wrong about. That I... The meaning of success? Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Um, how do you personally continue to learn and grow? I just re-consume a lot of content, read books, listen to audio books. Yes, consume a lot of content from people that I admire, that I want to be like. Mm -hmm. Where are you in 10 years from now? 10 years from now, I guess one of the things that I was wrong about is I, I like to plan for the future. <laughs> I say, okay, five, 10 years from now, I'd like to be this. But at this, before I would, maybe the me five years ago would have the answer for you. I probably would say I would be an investor. I would start a startup, something like that. But at the me at, at this mo this stage, this moment, 10 years from now, I don't know. Yeah, that's kind of exciting in yeah. its own way. Yeah. Okay, what does innovation mean to you? Innovation means you would create something new that people never thought of. And yes, that. Awesome. That's our speed round. Okay.
You can relax. Okay. Um, that was intense. <laughs> yeah, you were good. You did good. Sometimes people have trouble. You know, it's hard yeah. when you're put on the spot. Um, but you're, you know, it's it's bravery almost to just say what truly first comes to mind, right? <laughs> uh, and you had some really cool ones. So um, I, I always think that when we're talking about like influential people, it's fine for people to kind of shout out anyone. Like sometimes people say my mom, you know, or people who raise them, whatever. But I think when you're when we're in this interview, it often has like that business angle on mm-hmm. it. And Gary Vaynerchuk is such an influential person. Person, especially when it comes to content development and personal branding. Mm-hmm. And that was one thing you said you were really happy you did too with the personal brand. Um, so I kind of want to talk about both those things a little bit further. So with when it comes to creating your personal brand, I think people often look at someone like Gary Vaynerchuk who has so much content out there and they think I have to be polarizing in order to make traction. Like if I'm just kind of par for the course, no one's going to follow me. I have to be more like Gary. But it's kind of intimidating to be like that, right? He's pretty brash with a lot of opinions. Where do you fall on that on that topic? I mean, well, I just say that he is one of the most influential people that I like that influenced me. So yeah. I will be on his side. You're on his side. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the thing is with social media is that the thing with people, especially on the internet, is that if you share a message, even though you kind of stand in between, but if you just like say your message, in the middle point, people, they, it's not going to get viral. It's unlikely to be viral. People are not going to share because for people to, to share, it has to evoke some kind of emotion. So the two side of it, if you're on their side, they be, okay, yeah, this guy is talking what's in my heart. That's what I've been wanting to say. So they share with their friends. Hey, hey, this, look at this guy. He's talking. This is what I want to say, but maybe they not, they don't have the ability to convey the message the right way or convey the message as strong as that influencer. So they share with their friends, right? And But if the viewer on the opposite side of the argument, they're like, oh, this guy's stupid. He's dumb. It makes no sense. Then they start sharing with people too. So that's why being polar, you're more likely to get viral if you share a message in between. If you try to speak, there's, there's a saying, if you try to speak to everybody, you speak to nobody. So it uses say the message right in the middle ground like yeah you could do that but also there's this side too and do whatever you want then nobody really wants it's true it could like it most likely be very true but people you they don't their emotion is not evoked so they're not gonna share with their friends they're not gonna like they're unlikely to like it they're unlikely to comment on it engage on it so unlike it's unlikely to get viral on social media. And I guess the, if anything to blame is just the way how social media and the algorithm is built. They are a business at the end of the day. They want people to engage. They want people to interact. So it's, it was built that way. So I guess the influencer, if they want to play that game on social media, they just have to be polarized. Maybe sometimes you meet I heard I've never seen Gary Vaynerchuk in person, but a lot of people who have seen him in person, like talk to him privately. That's not on a stage or on camera. He's very nice, extremely nice. He's not as like not as brash. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is it like yeah? Sometimes the influence they may not be that strongly like they don't may not have that strongly of a point of view like that mm. in person, like in real life. But for social media, they just have to push it a little bit yeah. to the edge so that to get the content spread wider. Yeah. yeah. So then the fact that you're kind of on that side of the fence of like knowing how the algorithm works and understanding that this is probably important to the brand, 
Did you feel that your online personal brand has changed over the last few years? Like, do you put out a little bit of a different persona in your online brand, do you think? Um, I wouldn't say it's different. Um, I put, of course, my point of view will be exaggerated a little bit. It will mm -hmm. be pushed a little bit to the edge. So if I'm leaning on one side, my I guess my personal point of view is leaning on one side. On social media, I will push a little bit further so that it be clear, okay, he's on this side, not the other side, so that it's clear to the audience, okay. Yeah. yeah. What about the people who argue like, well, I have a page and I want to, you know, support all these things and I don't want to have to pick and like, okay, so they're thinking, maybe I'll lose some followers because, you know, it's not going to work the same way you just said. But they could also argue like that you lose followers because you're cutting your group in half by being more polarizing. What would be your answer if someone says that? Yes. Well, yes, you will lose the people on the other side of the argument. But the thing is that you get, it depends on your goal. Are you trying to have followers or, or are you trying to have customer who will pay you for your product or service? And I can tell you, not all. Of, there's no way all of your followers will be your customer. They follow you probably. They like your content. They like the message that you're putting out, mm -hmm. and they probably don't even need your product or service. They just enjoy the your content. content. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it depends on your goal. Are you trying to keep as many people following you to have the number look nice, or are you trying to have more people who engage to your content and then convert into customer? Because what I can say is that if if you can keep the people who are strongly on your side. Who, who believe in your message, they're more likely to convert. And the people who who are on the other side, well, some of them might buy, but now they're not, they're not gonna buy anymore because you just don't have the same beliefs that they do. You'll lose some of that for sure. Mm -hmm. But I guess at the end of the day, it, it depends on what you're trying. I, I just think that if you have, if you keep the people who believe in the same message, the point of view as you are, then they are more likely to convert. Yeah. Yeah. It all depends. I, I, I don't think, I'm not trying to be polarized right now, but yeah, yeah, it, sure. it all depends. I, I don't think there's a, it's up to the person, the nature of their business, what yep. they're selling. And but at least goals. this way they kind of understand like both sides of the coin. Now. Yeah. So, okay. And we kind of jumped into like, if you're trying to get stuff to go viral and your personality, but let's say you're, you're starting a business or you're just thinking like, I want to have more of a personal brand. I have a hundred followers today and I'd mm -hmm. like to really like actually get something going. Um, where should someone start with a strategy? Like, do they need a strategy? Should they just simply start posting more than they probably are? Are there rules about how often you should post? Like, where do you start, David? Okay. I mean, the only secret on social media, this on, I can give you this a is, secret. This is the secret, yeah, it's everyone. secret, really. <laughs> I mean, the only reason anybody follow an account on social media, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, whatever that is, the only reason they follow any account is because they like the content and they want to see more of it. That's it. Mm -hmm. There's nothing else. So if you know that, the only reason people follow any account because they like the content and they want to see more of it, guess what you need to do? <laughs> Create content that people want to see and do it consistently so that people get excited to want wanting to see more of your content that's simply it so to to get started simply identify who is that who that is that you're trying to attract clearly identify your target audience like it, it depends on so that depends on your goals and objective and your business as well right so clearly identify your customer avatar who are you trying to attract what do they like where are they hanging out on social media what type of content are they consuming what kind of content is it audio video visual images so understand that and also what kind of topic do they like to listen to besides let's besides the core business that you're doing let's say if, if you have a like a health or wellness product 
related. So besides health and wellness, are they into politics? Are they into business? Are they into, you know, sport? So anything that's related to that, what kind of, yeah, so under, clearly understand who you're attracting, the demographics as well, as well psychographic. And then from there, you can, okay, these are the content I should create. And then just keep pumping out the content. That's that's really the only secret. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that sounds pretty self-explanatory, but I could see a lot of people saying like, how do I figure out that demographic information of what my few followers like or what that what my ideal target might like? Are there kind of tools to do that? How would you recommend that someone actually digs into that a little bit deeper if they're not sure how? Um, I guess the only thing, the only advice I have is just throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and see what stick. Yeah, sure. That's the best way to do it. Like when you first started, just, okay, make the best guess of what your target audience want and then start creating that mm. type of content and then just throw it at the wall and see what stick. Yeah. And then when you found something that stick, keep doing that. So totally. I mean, <laughs> Drew. So for you, when it comes to the like psychographics, the psychology piece, mm. like there is a certain psychology behind like what people want to see and how people interact with mm. social media. What are some things that you've learned over the last while? Mm, it, it all depends on, it's all depends on who you're attracting and, and what they like. I mean, I can really pinpoint to one thing. Yeah. So, yeah. How about, um, like, you know, there's those documentaries now, like the social network and some of those ones that were really popular in the last few years, like showing us how social media actually works. Mm -hmm. I'm taking you off the tips a little bit. I'm more just curious about your opinion. Um, you know, kind of saying that like everything you put into your phone now is of course being used to t target and tailor more information to you. And sometimes these documentaries show it as being kind of scary, you know, w what do you think of that? Like you knowing as much as you know now about how, how you can, you know, psychologically leverage how people are interacting with yeah, your content. Guess, What's your thought about all that? Yeah. Uh, negative. Well, one, I guess one thing I, I found to answer your last question, one thing I found with social media uh, online in general is that people react more to negative things than positive things. Mm. So like I take, I read a research or an article somewhere a while ago that if the headline is something negative, people are more likely to click on it than something positive. Mm. So that's why when you go online, you see a lot more negative news nowadays. Yeah. Like, so, and yeah. it's affecting people though, right? Because if you yes. wake up in the morning and you're looking at a bunch of yes. negative things without realizing it, you're putting yourself in kind of a mood that's not necessarily the most positive mood. Yes. So yeah, I guess the social media, they just feed people what they want to see. Because mm -hmm. like I said, their business model is to get people to use the platform, to go on the platform, to consume the content there. And in order for people to consume the content, there must be content that they want to see. So I guess social media, they just expose us as human, yeah, they just pretty much expose us. Sure, we can blame them to, for feeding us negative stuff, but like, I think they kind of expose what they what we want to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because the thing is, how Facebook algorithm works is that Facebook should feed you the stuff that you want to see. If you look for something on Facebook, then okay, this person like this type of content. Let me feed them more of those content. So if you just like to look at negative news, and then it just keep feeding you the negative news, and it's just, you just go down the rabbit hole of in that loop of consuming negative news. Yes, it's bad for sure. Bad for our mental health. Look on, on the business side, this is pretty much on the business side of social media, they just feed us what we want to be fed. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think the best advice I ever heard was just like, if you want to stop seeing something because you think it's negative or you don't like it or whatever, stop clicking on it and it won't show up. Exactly. Like it's just, it's yes. that simple, but we do. And even with that tip, I bet you this week someone will hear that and they'll scroll and they'll just about <laughs> click on something and they'll think about what I'm saying, you know, which is just don't click. But yes. it's so tempting. And then, but then it keeps showing up, right? So we're, you know, to some degree, like you say, it's exposing what we truly are wanting to see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I know that you work with a lot of entrepreneurs and coaches. So getting back to the tip side of things a bit, I understand that you, you have kind of tried to leverage social media or, or have some expertise in leveraging social media to kind of validate an idea or mm -hmm. to, to kind of see if what you're working toward is working. How would you recommend that someone do that? Yeah. The cool thing with social media is that you kind of have an instant feedback. Um, when you post something, you know, people will interact with it or not. They like it or not. So and the cool thing with that is that if you post it in form of content, is it like the content? It could be video, text, images. You haven't built anything tangible yet, mm -hmm. and then you get feedback from people. Right, it's much cheaper than you go out and actually build something that then you find out nobody wants to buy it. So using social media can save you a lot of money. So that's why I say, like, if you're starting a business, you have an idea. Probably one of the first thing you could do, it de of course, it depends on the business when you're building to, but one of the first thing you could do is try to build an audience around whatever that thing that you you have in mind. Mm -hmm. So business, I, like, whether it's a product or service, try to build an audience, like post content that solve people's problem. Like whatever problem that you're solving, create content around that problem to see if people are interested, if people want to follow you to see more of that content. Because if they have that problem, and they wanted to get rid of it, and your content is kind of help them solve that to give them tips and advice on how to solve that problem, they're going to follow you to, to learn more, right? Mm. But if you post a bunch of content around a product or service and nobody's interested, then probably people are not going to buy the product anyway. The actual product itself either, yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's one, one tip I, I would give. So try, start with building an audience first. Yeah. And the cool thing, if you have an audience, have built an audience already and you found, okay, people don't like this product, you can leverage that audience to pivot into something else. Right, and, yeah, your work is not all in vain. You yeah. can still leverage that audience. Yeah, because nowadays, I, I honestly think that the, the real business is in the list, the customer list. Like, so that customer list could be an email list, your audience following on social media, that list is the business, not the product or the service that you're offering because to me, I think they're all commodities nowadays because what's the difference between my marketing service and someone else's marketing service is, this, mm -hmm. well, it, there might be some nuance, like small difference, but at the end of the day, it's, there isn't that much of a difference, some pricing difference, or oh, especially if you sell a physical product, it's really, the product is the same. It's the difference, do you have access to an audience who want your product? Yeah. If you can build that, then you have a business because you don't need the product. Even you don't need to have the product up front. You just build an audience first. If you have the audience who want product, then go build a product. Yep. And if they don't like the product, you can build something else. You don't have the audience. But if you build a product first and you found you put it out in the market, nobody wants it, then what you have left is a product nobody wants. But if you build an audience first and then you get the product nobody wanted, what you have left is an audience that you can sell other stuff to. Right. Yeah. So, very. Yeah. It's a very good way to look at it. So now let's say you happen to do it the other way around. You have a product and you didn't really invest time in social media marketing, digital marketing. So now you're like, okay, well, I have this product, David. So now I'm stuck the other way around mm -hmm. from the advice we just heard. Um, how do you actually, con like, what are some tips to conversion? Like to actually get those, those few people that you do have to start buying mm -hmm. or maybe if you have like a medium-sized audience and you have a product, like mm -hmm. how, what, what do you do from there? 
I say, well, it, 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 it depends. Like, I guess, as, is your product actually solving a problem that people have? And then start asking. Sometimes it could be just you're just talking to the wrong audience because you have a product that you think is solve a certain type of problem, but you're talking to an audience group that doesn't have that problem or mm. that problem might look, seem to be the same, but it's a slightly different. So that's maybe the reason why they're not buying. So you can try to talk to a different group of audience yep. or, or talk to your existing group of audience and then twist your product to make it a better market, like a better fit for their needs. So that's, I guess that's something you could do. What about using um, people who are influencers mm -hmm. on social media? So people who are, you know, famous or they have a lot of followers. Yeah. Is it a good exercise to try and find a match and get your product into their hands so that they can promote it for you or, mm -hmm. or they maybe test the market for you? What's yeah. your recommendation yeah, to, definitely. to do that? That's, that's a great way to do it as well, for sure. Yeah, if you already have an existing product and then you don't have an audience, for example, yeah, definitely reach out to people who already have the audience that you think would be a good match. Then most of the time, it depends. Most of the time, you probably would need to pay them if they have a big audience or sometimes you can just send them a free product but that would be a smaller influencer mm -hmm. but yeah bigger influencer you probably would need to pay them and they would probably look at your product to see is it a good fit to their audience would it would it tarnish their brand in any way if there's a match then yeah you can that's something you can test it out immediately they promote your product and then if you get immediate feedback instead of wasting all the time to build an audience from scratch if you can afford to pay to get the feedback faster, then that's definitely a way to do it. Because I think a lot of it is sure you can make assumption about what people want to buy, but the only way to find out is throw it wall and see if it's thick. That's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It comes back to that, right? Yeah. Okay. So say you decide to use some of these strategies, you're getting a few people back, but um, I think a big fear that a lot of people have when they're starting on social media, mm -hmm. like if they have their product and now they're like they're they're agreeing with everything you're saying, they're thinking I have to build it, they think this is going to be so time consuming because really doing social media properly does take a lot of time. What's your advice to someone in that regard as far as like using the best use of their time on social media? Is there, is there a tip around that? Um, this will be depending on the business that they are running, but because I'm a big fan of Gary V, what I would say is that use social media you can use social media the same way that you're doing, but be more strategic about it. Build a personal brand first before you build your business. That's what I would recommend. Mm -hmm. Because right now, let's say for Gary Vaynerchuk, he already has a personal brand. Sure, he, ha he has. See, my my model, I kind of follow his model. But like for him, he runs a media uh, marketing agency for a like bigger brand. But he's he has his own personal brand. He doesn't need to sell his marketing service. He can create any product, any type of service, any other business to sell to his audience. Like his business, his biggest business, I would argue, is his personal brand, not not his marketing agency. Because mm -hmm. once you have a pers personal brand, you have a, an audience who follow you for the content that you put out, you can build any business afterwards. So, I think it's more important to build a personal brand. So use social media the same way you're already doing, but be more strategic. So like start posting, like if you're building a business, start posting content sort of related to the business without pitching your business. You don't need to pitch. Just say, take a picture. Hey, I'm working on this cool thing. Like just share your happy moments working on it. If you like just symbol as that and then, your audience will slowly, oh, what's this guy working on? That thing looks interesting. If you're writing a book, like, oh, I'm writing the first chapter of this. Like, what do you think? And then just 
share that on Instagram, social media, and people, oh, that book kind of interesting. I wonder when that's come out. Then they might not, like, if you pitch that right away, they're not going to buy, but if you just simply just share, hey, I just finished my first chapter. This is so fun. Share happy moment. That's it. And then months later, you say, hey, I'm launching this thing. And then people like, oh, I've been following his progress for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, the book seemed to be like something I would be interested in. Then it's, yeah, it's just, Literally, just use social media how you would normally use it. Yeah. But now you kind of blend it with your business without pitching. Yeah. So it doesn't yeah. necessarily need to be all perfect content, especially yeah. when you're getting started. I think that's like that's a really good tip that you just gave there. So you know, to say it again in a different way, just so it lands there. If you're slowly building up towards something mm. and you're putting these little posts, like you say, like yes. you know, you writing the chapter or yeah. talking about it, it might not seem like perfect content, but if you think about that as compared to doing nothing for the year until you yeah. launch your book, well, I certainly think that you can see the value in one over the yeah, other right there. It, it, it is worth the time. Yeah, it literally takes no time because people say, okay, it takes so much time to do social media. But honestly, I don't think so because you're already doing, let's say you're building your product, you're already doing it anyway, mm-hmm. right? The only difference now, once in a while, is just be strategic. Okay, this would be a good piece of content. Take out a phone, snap a picture, write some caption, like a short sentence or two about what you're doing, post done like mm. you don't need a team you don't need professional camera yeah. you don't need to like video recording it edit like it's just take a picture snap a selfie or picture whatever that you're working on and then just share it with, your, with people say yeah how about basic rule of thumb for using hashtags with your post okay um ha- i mean re- hashtag is simple really is it use the hashtags that related related to the to the post should you thing? always use one always always there you go max it out because mm-hmm. on instagram they allow you to have 30 hashtags oh i max it out it's just more opportunity for you to reach more people yep so i mean i, I don't really focus too much on it it's just find it's whatever kind of yeah find whatever that's most relevant to to the post that's it like the key thing is the content mm-hmm. it's not the hashtags the hashtags is a channel for you to allow you to reach more people mm-hmm. but the thing that determines whether or not they follow you they consume the content is bec- is whether or not they like the content is this something provide value to them is that something that that they want to see go mm-hmm. back to is it something that they would want to see yeah yeah what about um awesome tools that you might advise or recommend like there are tools to pre-schedule posts so that you can do a bunch of work on a saturday and then call it quits mm-hmm. for the week if you really want to what do you think about some of those tools that exist do you have recommended yeah, ones to make life school. easier i'm pretty old school I, yeah i don't use any scheduling tool i know they wow, are, they are really? out there people use it and that's totally fine it's just i prefer to do it manually because i don't I'm pretty. I'm old school in that way. <laughs> I'm impressed by that because you're doing a lot of it, like content. So the fact that you do it all manually is really interesting. Yeah, I mean, uh, cause I, I have I have like a part time employee kind of manage some of my clients, but mm. it's it doesn't take that long to post something. Yeah, it's, it's, there's a lot of different tools. If people want to use a tool, that's the only fine. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Mm-hmm. A quick search on Google will give you plenty of results. I just yep. do it manually my way. And same with like vi- image editing and things like that. Are you doing that yourself in a Photoshop or do you use apps for that kind of stuff? Okay, for image editing, uh, Canva is a pretty easy tool mm-hmm. to use. For video editing, I mean, it, it's a little bit more technical, but it, it, there's a lot of different tools. Like there's one that I use called V.io, V-E- V-E-E-D.io. So that's one of the tools I use for video editing. But there, there are lots of different tools. Honestly, if you go on Google, you get a bunch of results. So to me, the key thing is just the content. What value are you providing to your audience? Do they want, like, who, who are my audience? Who am I trying to attract? What, and then 
ask yourself, what do they want to see? What kind of content that are they consuming right now on the internet? And then how can I create those content and then figure out how can I put those content in front of them? The key mm-hmm. things always go back to the content. What do they want to see? And then create the content that they want to see that provide value. That is never about you. It's always about them. Yeah. Because they don't care about your business, about, they don't care about you. Right. They don't care what I mean, you're to, talking about your product honest, every day. Yeah, to be honest, yeah. They care about, okay, what is this that will benefit them? How can I be entertained? How can I, like, I want to learn something, like, I want to learn something, or I want to be entertained, or I want to be inspired. So, yeah, I guess the three main things, how can, I guess some people ask, like, how do I provide value with, through my content? So, there are three things that you can add yourself. Where Are you entertaining them? Are you educating them? Or are you inspiring them? Those are the three things. Yeah. So let's say, okay, back back to the example I gave earlier. Okay, take a picture of the product that you're working on. Then I kind of contradict to myself, say, oh, nobody care about what you're working on, right? right? So now, ask yourself, take a picture of the product. You do the same thing, but how can I make it entertaining, educational, or inspiring? Mm-hmm. Pick one. Yeah. Yeah. Or do all three. If you can, you can do all three in one post. So yeah, take a picture of whatever you're working on. So now it's another thing. Okay, who are, who am I trying to attract? So if I'm trying to attract entrepreneurs. Okay. They probably want to be inspired. Okay. I'm working on this really cool business. Okay. What lesson have I learned while working on this specific thing? Right. Take a picture or a video of you talking about it. Okay. How can I inspire them? Have that in mind and then provide that value to your, to your audience. So yeah, go back to understand who you're attracting. And now you're working on this something. And then, okay. I see the opportunity to inspire my, my target audience through this thing that I'm working on right now. Let me do a quick video or take a picture and then add a caption. Try to try to educate, inspire, or entertain my target audience. Mm-hmm. That's that's really it. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a really great tip for us to kind of come to mm-hmm. an end on because we've we've covered so much and and that's really like, you know, it's inspirational to end on on giving out inspirational content because we think about all these things. And mm-hmm. I think like when we talk about them all in this like quick hour, it's it's some of it probably feels so obvious, but it's it's important to really like remind ourselves of mm-hmm. these things, right? Because to your point earlier when we were talking, you know, before we even started on camera here on on recording, that um it's just going and doing it, right? Like it's actually taking that time to sit down and do it and commit to it, right? And the consistency of it. Mm-hmm. So what's next for you, for your business, for you personally? Where, what should we look out for? Uh, honestly, I, I don't know at this point. Like I'm at the point now, okay, because lately I've been reading a lot more about philosophy books to see, okay, what do I really want to do? So mm-hmm. I, I don't, I honestly don't know. I just really going with the flow, whatever that I feel like doing next, I do, but I don't have, I, like I say, me of a couple of years ago would have a goal to tell you immediately, yep. okay, in five years, I'm going to be doing this. This is the goal that I set for myself, but the me of right now, I don't know. Open, open to yeah. what the future holds. Yeah. Awesome. Well, David, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was great to have you. Okay, thank you. My pleasure. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to learn more about our guests, visit startpodcast.ca and be sure to rate and review us wherever you're listening. If you're new to the show and want more Canadian business inspiration, subscribe before you go. Start Canada Podcast is produced by your host, Margot Miller, with audio and visual creation by Event Pro and support from Dunor Systems. Start Canada Podcast is powered by the Manitoba Technology Accelerator and Tech Manitoba and sponsored by Scotiabank. Scotiabank.